AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, palbociclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today. When I write y'all, all across the USC, Compton, Watts, Bay to LA, Pomona, California, from valley to valley, we represent that killer county. So if you're keeping it real on your side of your town, you tune in to Gangsta Chronicles. Yeah. Gangsta Chronicles, we gon' tell you how it goes. 
Welcome to the Gangster Chronicles podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Black Effect Podcast Network. Make sure you download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles. For my Apple users, hit the purple mic on your front screen, subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles, and leave a five-star rating and comment. You know what it do, man. Another episode of the Gangster Chronicles, man. We chilling with the homie. Big Steel. And all the other homies in here who ain't on camera, Junior, the homeboy, Fomby, uh, all the homies and everything. So what it do, eight? It's raining like a motherfucker outside today. Yeah, man, it's raining and shit. It's been raining all fucking week. Shit, raining for the last two motherfucking weeks, but we in here nice and warm, though, and cozy. I don't, I don't like the rain and shit. I know they say we need it, but I don't like the rain, man. You motherfuckers drive crazy, got a gang of accidents, road slippery, you know what I'm saying? Then when you got kids out there driving, you know, you... Mm. you you extra, uh, you know, cautious and shit, worried about, you know, kids behind the wheel. So, you know, everybody out there, be careful if you're on the West right now. You're caught up in all this rain. And that's for sure. So what's been the latest, my nigga? That shit, I ain't been doing shit, man. Just post to try and get this stuff together, you know. Um, just, just been peeping out what's been going on, everything. You know, like I said, we had to... Um, we had the Hip Hop 50 shit, you know, um, my son getting ready to go to college this summer, um, just trying to stay busy, you know what I'm saying, uh, it's, you know, the first of the year, trying to get shit cracking, I know everybody out there hard working, trying to get their ideas off the ground, you know what I'm saying, so, uh, man, we just been trying to stay busy, man, trying to stay, you know, relevant. You know For sure, saying? and staying out the way of the bullshit. Especially the older you get, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you start getting a little older, they start wanting to retire you and put you to the side and tell you it's time to sit down. So, you know, just trying to stay relevant, man, is is hard enough on top of, you know, bills and trying to check money and all that shit. You know, that's for the average motherfucker, you know. We are uh, a little, little fortunate to, you know, have a job and have shit to do, speak to the people, people tuned in and shit like that. But it's it's just a hard struggle for people, man, right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt, man. You know one thing I was going to ask you we was talking about earlier, man. We was talking about, like, to me, in my opinion, man, gangster rap kind of saved the music industry to a certain extent. Um... I mean, I, t- I look at I look at music as transitions. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I first got started with music, you know what I'm saying? There was really no uh, uh, gang affiliation as far as music is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the music was East Coast. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. dealt with it on that aspect, but. You know, when we started making noise on the West Coast, I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought that, you know, um, the downfall of hip-hop was going to be probably great because, you know, West Coast took over as far as uh, making music is concerned uh, around that time from, you know, the early 90s to the mid-90s. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of uh, West Coast artists who, you know, were stepping in the door. Uh, 
and not just on gangster shit either. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We had a, a lot of diversity <coughs> as far as music is concerned, but we had our time, you know, I, I say, you know, between 92 and 95, 96, you know, uh, West Coast artists really uh, uh, put their stake in the foundation of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not knowing what people thought of hip hop at the time, you know, um, you know, I still listen to people like LL, and I was listening to people like Tribe Called Quest and Ed OG and the Bulldogs, Gangstar, you know. But I don't know if people were saying that New York was losing a little bit of, you know, because a lot of shit became um, about the dollar sign and commercialized and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, o- over here on the West Coast, really, we just... We were dealing with, you know, shit that we dealt with basically is growing up in the hood or having to deal with, the, you know, what was going on on the West Coast as far as the gang culture and, you know, being a young mm. black motherfucker in the neighborhoods, having to live in places like Compton, South Central, Watts, Long Beach, you know, we were, um, we were stereotyped back then as, you know, khaki suits or T-shirt and cap. That meant you belong to a gang. So uh, there's a lot of oppression we had to speak on because we didn't have a voice. So our voice became the microphone. Yeah, exactly, man. And we could be going through this, man. You know, over the course of the show, other episodes and stuff, we go always go back to this because I'm looking at 1990, the albums that came out. It was a run, man. I would say, like, probably from 89 to about 96 that the greatest music ever in hip-hop was being made. That year, you had Mama Said Knock You Out that came out. 911 is a joke. Public Enemy, The Humpty Dance, Rest in Peace of the Homie. Um, Shock G, Welcome to the Terror Dome. Can I Kick It, Tribe Called Quest, Jacking for Beats, Cube. That was off a of monster album. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Gangster rap. Rock This Funky Joint, Poor Righteous Teachers. You know, a Tribe Called Quest, EPMD. Burn Hollywood, burn OPP, Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature, Trace, for him to be as G as he is, dog, he had the poppiest records, dog. Yeah. His records all pop. He always had strong-ass hooks in his music. Shout out to Trace, man. Some one of my peoples, man. Oh, for sure. We going to have to get Trace up here. You know, you had Nas came out with New York Straight of Mind, the Ghetto Boys, the homies, mind playing tricks on me. It was just, you know, um, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, they reminisce mm-hmm. over you. You know, Slow Down, Brand Nubian. You know, KRS-One, MCs act like they don't know. The other side of town, Master Ace, got five on it. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It was a a diverse time with music. Like I said, uh, uh, everybody had, you know, critical projects, if you ask me. I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck how big they was promoted or whatever, but around that time and era... You know, it was a good time for music because, you know, hip hop was catching on. You know, the executives upstairs and the and the suits and ties and the people signing the contracts and whatever. You know, um, they started uh, opening up a little bit more mm. to our culture of hip hop, uh, seeing that it was making a gang of money around there. Because look at all those releases you just named. Uh, mm. A lot of those were big records. All of them, that's that's the thing. Everything I named off was like a monster-ass record. It was just a crazy time in hip-hop, I think, too, man. And and I think 
the biggest thing you got to look at, it was a little bit more diversity because you still had the brothers like Public Enemy that was talking, you know, pushing the pro-black line. Mm -hmm. You know, giving people knowledge yourself and all that. You had Nas to have some big records. Shoot, 95, what, what, what did y'all drop in 95? I dropped a We Come Strapped in 95. We Come Strapped, the, the, which turned out to be one of your biggest albums. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. We just had we just had bomb ass music then, and I ain't gonna say that the music today ain't tight, but it's just a different era. It was more quality coming out back then. <clears throat> oh, definitely. I mean, not to say that music isn't quality today. I think it's just a difference of of of, of the times. You know what I'm saying? Um, we we were very particular on on what went in as far as production and making records. Mm -hmm. um, it took a not not to discredit any producers or beat makers, you know, because they have this distinction today of of a producer and a beat maker, which I which I would uh, you know I commend that shit, you know, mm -hmm. because you there's a lot of cats who just make beats. You know, and then there's mm -hmm. a lot of dudes who produce records. You know, uh, it's a difference between busting lyrics and making a song. You mm -hmm. get me? I felt like um, at that time, you know, more song driven. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, what it took to really make a song. Not to say that there aren't songs today, as far as hip hop concerned, with the new artists. Uh, there's just certain dudes who know how to make, you know, good music. You feel me? Yeah, without and, a doubt. And then there's just ra and then there's rappers. You get mm -hmm. me? Not to discredit them either, but it takes a lot to make a song that a motherfucker want to spend his hard-earned money on. Well, back in my time, you know, motherfucker want to spend his hard hard-earned money on, and for the fact that you know, being able to get played on the radio and shit. Um, for me, I just wanted to stay true to the craft, so I really didn't. I really didn't aim for radio. No, but is it significant? Yeah, when you're going to try to be that type of artist. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Well, your songs always perform good at radio because I know um, the one big radio record that you did have was my jam, All For The Money. Mm -hmm. All For The Money, that was a big record. All For The Money was radio. Uh, Straight Up Menace was radio. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, anything could basically book be radio if you take the fucking cuss words out like we used to do. But Yeah, for real, but I noticed your tempo ain't... You know, the West Coast used to be back then, used to be boom, chop, boom, boom, chop. I don't know if you remember that era. Everything was kind of fast-paced, you know what I mean? I mean, a and lot then it of, went into the G funk sound and stuff. Right. Yours was always kind of outside everything else. You had your own thing going for sure. I just wanted... I, I don't know. I just want to create different shit. Um, not coming from nobody's camp. You know, um, everything I did was, you know, constructed as far as what I thought that I should be rapping to, as far as who I thought uh, I was as an artist. Um, I wanted to be very descriptive with my shit. I wanted to tell stories, you know. Uh, I didn't want to be one of those braggadocious rappers, you know. Um, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I just wanted to talk about situations that situations that I or I seen my niggas in or families in or just growing up where I grew up at, you know, poverty, police, you know, always wanting better and dreams of better, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's what I spoke on. So I felt like 
I couldn't do that shit as far as trying to, you know, trying to tell a motherfucker how hard life was for me. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody didn't go through what I went through as a kid. And not to say that my life was fucked up, because you ask me, I had a good motherfucking life as a kid, you know. Um, my parents got divorced, you know what I'm saying? But moms did what she did. Did I still have a connection with my dad? Somewhat, you know, not really. Mm-hmm. Moms did it all. Um so I just, I, I just, you know, just growing up as a kid, I saw this, I saw that. We struggled here, we struggled there. So I felt I wanted to put that in music, and then I felt like I couldn't talk to people in the sense of trying to let them understand what I'm telling them in a dance record. You get me? Yeah, for real. I just, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess banging. Not to, like, everybody, you know. All my niggas bang. We hood niggas. Everybody did that shit. But I just couldn't, you know. I just couldn't see myself trying to be the person I was, knowing where I came from and what struggles I went through as a kid, and my mom and family, mm-hmm. and living where we lived at in Compton. I just didn't see no party in it. You get yeah, that's real I, shit. Didn't, I didn't see nothing even when we was in the hood and flashlight was banging and niggas was getting high and we was chilling and having cookouts and just hanging. Niggas was still looking over their shoulder half the time. You, you had to me? be. You so, know what I'm saying? It was the terror dome back then. Yeah, we had good times, but it was always alert time. So that's what my music was. My music was like. Yeah, you know, we could kick it and low ride and smoke and fuck with the girls and all that shit, but nigga, we still got a car full of guns and mm-hmm. we riding in the enemy territory and shit like that. So that's what my music was. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. 
Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrant's and visit Ibrant's.com. Ibrant's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrant's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. You got to give a hats off to what y'all was doing back then because you mentioned something earlier. Back then in the 90s, if you was coming out the West, you had to be quoted on almost. You had to come through either the Dre or the NWA family tree. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, if you look at West Coast hip-hop today, that's the landscape of it. Everybody in West Coast hip-hop, with the exception of you, falls from that NWA family tree. You got to remember, Q put Mac-10 on. Exactly. So he came from that tree. Um, Ice T, he put a lot of people on. You got to say Dub kind of put um, Ice T kind of put Dub C on. Okay. Ice put Dub C on. So you definitely had to come in through somebody else that was already doing their thing. Because if you wasn't coming through there, they wasn't trying to hear you almost. I mean, I had. I mean, we knew we knew Easy, we knew Ren. Um, I didn't know Q personally up until later on. Uh, I didn't know Ice-T, you know, King-T was from Compton. 
Toddy T was from the hood. Uh, but as far as like coming through a camp, um, I started Compton's Most Wanted. Uh, Chill was the beatbox when we started. Um, from there, you know what I'm saying, I started writing raps. Yeah, you know, I would write raps. Chill would bust his verse. I would bust my shit. But we didn't have any significant motherfuckers to come through. It wasn't like, you know, I was the cousin of Dre or Easy was Chill's cousin or, you know, we was just two young niggas trying to bang and music started. And how we was going to get in, hella fuck it if I know. Like I said, because we didn't know anybody. Um, but, I, you know, we started hanging with some niggas across the street from Chill House who was trying to get into the game. Mm-hmm. They were some singing niggas. So from there, um, I started writing raps and shit. We had nowhere to do demo. We didn't know nothing about that shit. I was just a fan of music because I heard 6 in the morning and I heard Toddy T with the Bataram, mm-hmm. and I heard King T with Payback's a mother and shit like that. So I was like, man, I want to talk about the hood too and talk about Compton in the streets and the, and the police and the gangs. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have no hookup. Um, just, by, just by chance, we was fucking with these two niggas across the street. They had a motherfucking... Uh, um, audition or appointment with fucking Lonzo from the Wrecking Crew. We just happened to fucking tag along mm-hmm. and got up there and that's when I first met DJ Slip. And uh, I recorded a demo tape. I mean, we did a re- demo tape like in somebody's fucking living room off of a keyboard and shit. We mm-hmm. weren't even in no studio. And I wrote this song, man, like long time ago. And me and Chill performed it. And we played the niggas the demo. And, you know, a greedy motherfucker looking at two young niggas. You know, Compton is is getting off. So, niggas see dollar signs. I didn't see shit. All I wanted to do was put out a fucking record. So... We met Unknown, met Lonzo, met DJ Slip. And Unknown knew I had something in me. So he automatically hooked me up with Slip. Mm-hmm. Start fucking with Slip. Start going. And Slip had all the shit I was looking for. Yeah. Slip had the fucking, the, the, the full track. He had the mic. He had the speakers, the DJ equipment, mm-hmm. shit that I was fantasizing about. Yeah, he had it already he ready had set it up. already set up, so I just got to fucking with Slip every day. And Slip was part of L.A. Sound Control Mob. They used to do all the concerts, but, you know, it wasn't a, a N.W.A. A hookup. Or it wasn't Dr. Dre. Or, you know, if you want to say that I got hooked up with Lonzo and Unknown, then that's where I came from. But we didn't come through... The Cube ranks, we didn't come through the Dre ranks, the Easy ranks. Um, we just started Compton's Most Wanted. I started writing raps, and it was it like that. So that's how we got in, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unknown was one of them record motherfuckers, you know. On the West Coast, everybody had little labels and shit, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So 
we came in through Unknown. Unknown uh, hooked us up. He got us an independent deal. They put our shit out, you know, independently. And from there, we went from from Big Beat through Capital, through Orpheus to Epic, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, it was never a cosign, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, Dre didn't call nobody and was like, give eight and them a deal. Or e, we didn't go through Ruthless, or we didn't go through Street Knowledge or Lynch Mob, you know. Um, we was our own motherfuckers. Yeah, because y'all almost wound up on Death Row Records. Yeah, we... Um, um, we we didn't end up on death row, but we was at the beginning of the introduction of death row. I don't know how many people know it, but unknown was fucking with Suge, and he knew that they was getting ready to start some shit. So um, me, unknown, slip, and chill had a meeting one night, and unknown told us that Dre and them was finna start a label. And that they was looking for, you know, names for the label. And we sat up at the table and we came up and we thought of this shit called Death Row, which was spelled D-E-F. They had coats, leather coats and all this other type of shit. But we were never going to be signed to Death Row. I don't know as far as Compton's Most Wanted was concerned. Maybe write some songs for somebody. uh, But... I, I looked at it as 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 you know being a part of the circle shit that was getting started with Death Row. Um, never uh, never did Unknown say that he was gonna go approach Dre and I don't know what the fuck his intent was because mm-hmm. Unknown was a nigga behind the scenes who did shit. You know, without our consult, whatever, whatever he felt like he wanted to do as far as CMW was concerned, because at the time we were signed to his production company. So, but yeah, he came and told us that they were going to form this new label and they were calling it Def Row and it was D.E.F. Row instead of Def like it is now. I guess they changed it. Um uh, I, I was good friends with Big Mike and 3-2. They was, that was supposed to be the first act on Death Row before uh, Dre did his project and Snoop and everybody else. It was 3-2 and Big Mike. And I don't know what happened with that situation or the falling out of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they could tell rest in peace, my nigga, 3-2. Yeah, 3-2 is probably one of the most influential motherfuckers in the game that people don't really know. But 3-2 was the one. Yeah, big baby. Yeah, three two was very influential uh, to a lot of shit, you know. And I, I'm not gonna speak on it, but if you know three two, like I knew three two, and a lot of people, you know, who were close to him, he was very influential in a few people's styles and what developed from from you know copying that, you know. Or, yeah, for or, sure. And they ain't taking nothing away from them people that, that, oh, that no, eventually just, went on because they was great already anyway, yeah. but he did give people a lot of little shit you that give, they can, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you do that. I mean, because I, like I said, they were all integral in in, in, in forming Death Row. They all probably sat up together and, and, and wrote music together, fed off of each other, and, and I guess that's what you do when you're a real crew and y'all all out for each other's uh, best interests. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you help a motherfucker. 
You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, motherfuckers trying to come up with hit records, man. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that didn't really go down back then like it is today, I think it did go down, but it wasn't talked about as much. It's like you said, in the course of people making records together, you go give somebody a line or two. Right. Somebody may contribute to a hook or something because you're oh, trying definitely. to come up with a hit record and everything. So it ain't necessarily about, but back then, it wasn't a whole bunch of, I'm going to have a nigga come through and write my whole rap for me. That's why with Easy it was such a big deal because, you know, Cube was doing all this writing. Ren was writing for him. DOC was writing for him. You know right. what I mean? But that was accepted. But I don't even think back then we even focused on that shit. Did you? Did you ever, like, really, when you first heard NWA or Straight out of Compton, whatever, and when Easy was bussing? I ain't give a fuck who you, wrote that did shit. Did you ever sit down and go... I know Easy ain't writing that Hell shit. Hell no, Somebody, you was just jamming that I motherfucker. Never, I never got into that sh- type of shit until it was brought to my attention about publishing and writers and, mm-hmm. you know, you getting money <laughs> for that shit and all of that. Because mm-hmm. before then, you, I know shit, you know, I was writing uh, Chills raps in the beginning when mm-hmm. we first started Compton's Most Wanted. But... I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to write his shit because I'm trying to collect that publishing check and all mm-hmm. of that. I just, I would just go home and write out raps for verses, and Chill was my nigga, my partner, so I'm like, shit, I'm going to take two. I'm going to give him two. That's I didn't look at it like, oh, yeah, he writing all the songs. I just figured, like, nigga, motherfucker gave me a beat. They would send me home with a beat and tell me go write something to it. And knowing like Chill was my nigga and he a part of the crew, I was like, well, I'm not finna rap no fucking four verses. So I'd write two verses out for me, write two verses out for him. Bingo. I didn't know nigga was collecting money off of the shit and publishing because that wasn't Money wasn't even the like, and I know it's dumb to say, but money wasn't even the capture for me. Money wasn't even the you know the sign on the dotted line for me. It was just being able to go in the fucking studio and look at all the equipment and see a nigga put a beat together, and then I can yeah, write real. a song to it. Nigga, that was payday for me. You get what I'm saying? Like a motherfucker. I'm on the block, sitting on the corner every day, trying to sell little, little, little dope and shit you feel me mm-hmm. and i'm getting to witness this other side of life that i don't know I, it was never no vision i don't know i don't know when you come from the hood and you, you whatever people have dreams or aspects but like i said nigga one side once it was about gang banging and selling dope and hood rap bitches and shit mm-hmm. like that there was no <laughs> dreams nigga i made it uh-huh. i got yeah. me a low low i got me a spot Mm-hmm. I got me a couple of chicken heads. <laughs> you good to go. Yeah, I'm good to fucking go. You life is, life yeah. is fucking great. Shit. Yeah, you get into it. And, and the money was a little different back then because I remember for a soundtrack, at minimum, you would fuck around to pick up 20, 25,000 at minimum just for turning in a song. Oh, definitely. You got shit. Niggas was getting like 30,000 to do St. Eyes commercials and shit. That's what Shout I'm saying. Shout out my nigga DJ Pooh. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, Pooh definitely don't get is the it, motherfucking it, credit he deserves. Is it, is it lucrative like hip hop is seen today? No, because a lot of us, a lot of us struggled for those contracts and struggled to be 
you know, uh, motherfuckers wanted to be them Shugs, them Birdmans, them Puffies, yeah. them Jermaine Dupree's. But, you know, a lot of us got, you know, a lot of us got fucked. Remember this shit right here? A lot of us got fucked coming into the business because, like I said, as a young motherfucker, you really don't know the business. Hey, you remember this motherfucker right here? Oh, that's what, like I said, St. Ives was giving out money for niggas to do commercials. So, for a struggling artist, you might think a motherfucker making a gang of bread, you Mm -hmm. feel me? But for a lot of struggling artists back then, those were... Those were, you know, extracurricular activities a nigga could do to get that side check because they were coming in with no hesitation, no negotiation or none of that. Nigga, do us a commercial, here go 25, 30 grand. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, it was a lot of, you know, as far as how niggas make money today from streaming and podcasting and doing a lot of other different shit, it, it was... It was kind of a struggle for an artist who wasn't getting that that easy E money or that death row money or that shit like that. Nowadays, you see cats, man, everybody getting money. Hell and, yeah. And as a cat that was always like kind of independent minded, I was always, because I had a few deals, but I was always the dude that went and got, because I, you know, I remember I was a rapper, but I had a record store too. Right. So I understood how distribution works, so it never made no sense in my mind to go give a motherfucker all this and that. And I knew, okay, if I'm going to the one stop and I'm paying seven dollars to nine dollars for this record, and a nigga talk about giving me twenty cent, it Mm -hmm. didn't make no sense to me. I said, Well, where the rest of the money going to you know what I'm saying? What is happening? I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of artists because if 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 a lot of the artists from that era knew what they knew today as far as contracts, you'd have a gang of independent motherfucking labels around here yeah, cause, right now. Yeah, cause because you don't want no deal right now, do you? Hell fucking no. Unless a nigga finna give me about 30-something million and cash me out. What's the point? Because you can constantly, as an independent, the money is, 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 is better, especially now with streaming and all the other shit you can do. Mm-hmm. There's no way, like I said, unless a motherfucker finna just start off in the millions and be like, here, I'm going to hand you five million. But you got to look at it at the end of the day. You still got to pay that five million back. And That's like what I'm saying. It's a loan. It to you. They loaning you five million, then they finna charge you on top of the five of what they gave you. They finna charge you a gang of motherfucking shit. Like nigga, niggas was like back in the days. Niggas come out with invoices where they charging you for having conversations on the phone. Oh, dog! And nigga, my lawyer <laughs> got on the phone and had a conversation with the label, and it went on for 30, 40 minutes. He was charging me for that shit. Mm-hmm. You get me? Uh, if the label. Motherfucking, they send you on a promo tour. Oh, yeah, that costs us 40, 50,000. And you know the fucked up part about them loans, dog? Usually, when you get a loan, like if I walk into the bank, if I walk into Wells Fargo and say, okay, I want to get a bank, a loan to buy this Rolls Royce, I'm going to go pick the Rolls Royce out I want to drive, and I'm going to, you know, and they go get me the loan for it. Mm-hmm. With the record label, it's almost like they spending the money up that they loaning you and then charging you for it. Right, because you can't tell them motherfuckers, okay. Don't go spend half a million dollars on this shit. They gonna go, hell yeah, we gonna do it. As an independent, you can control that. But mm-hmm. like you said, as a label, no. You gonna sign that contract, they gonna hand you that three, four million up front. 
then mm-hmm. you're going to go, okay, I got to pay back this three, four million. They're going to go, okay, when we flew you from here to there and there to there to there, that was another 300000 When we did this, when we did that, they just spend their money. Like you said, you don't get to control the budget. At the end of the day, that three that three million they gave you up front for the record on the back end is six. Mm-hmm. You get me? Because all the other hidden shit that they got to pay for, promotions, and I know all that shit is official, but still, you don't get to control that budget. So whatever they want to spend, they spend, and they go, now, okay, now we're charging you back for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherfucker be like, I didn't want no motherfucking this or that, and they go, it don't matter. We saw that in your promotion, so that's what we paid for. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so... There is no better time 
than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today. And another thing, too, let's say you signed the aftermath. It ain't like I think a lot of people got in their head that Dre is just coming to give you all them beats for free or at a discounted rate. No, if Dre is charging, I'm charging. Yeah, for my so beats. if your budget is a million dollars and Drake charging you two fifty a track, you might only be able to afford to have one Dre track on that motherfucker. And that, and but then how do you control? Like I said, then then how do you control that? Because then at the end of the day, they still get to make the call on what's usable and what's not. Yeah, that's some real shit, but if you can only afford one Dr. So Drake track, he got to give you a discount or something. I can afford one of those $250,000 tracks, but now I got to go to niggas who charging me $1,000 a track or 500 mm-hmm. And like I said, at the end of the day, those niggas might not get approved. Because when you go turn the project in, <laughs> they damn sure find, tell you, yeah. And nigga find out Speak you on. got a beat from, from, from John S. from down the block. Who who just started doing beats last year, and they might not approve his track. Hell yeah, they might be like, no, fuck this, because that's the truth. People don't understand that they have to approve your album before it comes out. Yeah, unless you unless you got that pull and that power as a regular artist today, you have no, you know, that's why a lot of motherfuckers come out independently. That's why you got a million mm-hmm. artists out right now, because everybody, you know, I don't have to go that route. I can go sign up to a SoundCloud or a TuneCore or whatever and put my shit out for, for, on my own and mm-hmm. let it go for the gusto. Now, my shit might not have the million-dollar video like DJ Khaled got, or my shit might not have the fucking produced by DJ Premier track on it. You get me? Mm-hmm. But the, the market is flooded right now, and that's what artists are able to do. Like I said, but... We have no restriction on that either because mm-hmm. let's face it, a lot of that shit be garbage. Now, the, the album that you and Premier did together, did that come out independent? Yeah. I mean, we push shit independent. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. way to go now to push independent, especially if you're, uh, you know, um, I mean, that's what's best for me. I don't know what's best for any other artists who've come from my era who's still trying to make music or for. The, the new artist who's down somewhere in, in, in his girlfriend's kitchen with the setup and he's mm-hmm. trying to get exposed and all he can make it to is the homies in the neighborhood and around the corner. I mean, it takes a lot. Yeah, make you know, it take he, a whole lot. He, you know, it's just shit just like football and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to get to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a million of us. 
Some million motherfuckers going to high school. Some million motherfuckers, but there's only a few that make it to college. There's only a few that make it, dog. And then out of that college, mm -hmm. you get me? So you got to look at yourself on the same level as, as being an artist. It's a billion of artists out here. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Niggas working out. You get me? They working out in their kitchen, writing raps, doing songs. You get me? And are they going to be the starter? Or they gonna be the nigga riding the bench? You get me? Yeah, that's you get right. on the team nowadays. Mm -hmm. Now, starting at the high school level, it don't matter. Fuck it, you pay that thousand fucking dollars, they finna give you a motherfucking uniform, right? Yeah, you they on the team. Uniform, you on the squad. You ain't gonna never see the field though. And you know what though, eight? Hey, I'ma um, loop around a little bit on some stuff because I gotta, you know, kind of address this stuff. A lot of people don't know whatever you want to do, whether it's music or podcasting. The best way to get on in order to get favorable terms is by spending your own money and doing certain shit. Right. Like, you know, we got the Gangsta Chronicles podcast. You got to invest in yourself. Yeah, you got to invest in yourself. So what a lot of people don't know, I came up with the Gangsta Chronicles podcast idea. Wasn't nobody else around. Glasses Malone was sitting in my living room with me. It was about 1.30 in the morning. You know how you just up kicking it with the homie. We sitting in my living room. And I said, my nigga, I'm going to do a podcast. We was trying to do a podcast with glasses. This is way back in maybe 2016 when the podcast stuff wasn't even cracking like it is now. It right. wasn't nowhere. It was only a few people doing it, right? So I was messing with glasses, and it wasn't, you know, he wasn't too serious about it at the time. You know, glasses may come. He may not show up, you know? Yeah, a so, lot of us rappers didn't really, podcasting was new still, so... When you when you try to take a nigga from from the microphone, put him on the microphone, but in a disparate aspect, niggas was looking at it like, man, podcast. Glasses thought I lost my mind because like, he when he did it with me, he did a couple episodes. He said, "Still, like, what the fuck is that shit?" And you know what Glasses told me? He said, "Still, I fuck with you. You my big bro." He said, "Man, but ain't nobody out here go listen to that shit." Uh -huh. You know, so I said, "Watch and see, man. Watch and see. It's gonna be the biggest thing ever." So. I had a homeboy that worked in the um, CBS building, and he said, you know, you could use a studio up there, but they charged me. I had to pay for engineers. So mm -hmm. when I first started the Gangsta Chronicles, dog, I think I was paying, like, every week, dog. So this was all your idea. Yeah, this was all my idea. Nobody sat down with you, no partners, no homies. None. Hey, man, let's, we should, we should, we should, we should. None. The what only one made you mm -hmm. call it the Gangsta Chronicles? Well, because it, when I initially thought of the Gangster Chronicles, the Chronicles something means to tell a story, right? Okay. It wasn't never supposed to be just about Crips and Bloods okay. or Gangster shit. That's it what, was supposed. That, that was one of my uh, uh, questions. Mm -hmm. Like, because somebody asked me that. Mm -hmm. Why Gangster Chronicles? Yeah, because it was supposed to encompass everything that's gangsterism from the mafia to even the motherfucking. Um, the Aryan Brotherhood. That's gangster shit. You know what I mean? There's right, their right. gang. Gangster music. Right. It was supposed to be everything to kind of run around the parameters of what normal society is, right? It's, it, that's considered gangster. It's considered gangster. Okay. And you know, so Glasses was sitting up there with me. I had Reggie Wright in mind because he was one of the dudes that came from the death row era, right? Okay. I had Reggie Wright in mind. So I got at Reggie. Then Glasses was like, you know what? It was because I was on the first four original episodes, right? Right. And I was going to move to Atlanta at the time. So I said, I got to get somebody else. That's when we brought this other caddy, and I ain't going to say his name. I didn't want to say the other dude's name. But right. 
To put a long story short, before we made a dime out of Gangsta Chronicles, I was about probably 30 grand into this motherfucker, dog. Because this is your pet project. Yeah, it's my this pet your project. This baby. Mm-hmm. This is your shit. So regardless of who uh, you selected as a host or not, Gangster Chronicles was your project. It was my project, okay. and, my, and I free and I share freely with the money. Actually, I was probably a little bit too free with the money, because this is how I always looked at it. I'ma pay for everything. We gonna split everything down the middle. I ain't no greedy motherfucker. You know, right. I, I get something, you getting a piece of it. You getting a piece of it. You know, we we all can do good with this, right? But I think um, people got a sense of getting too entitled after a while, dog, and um have a tendency to run around with the wrong people because, as you notice, we minus a, 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 the host that used to be on the show. Exactly. That's not my fault. Be mad at the dude that you over there sitting with because he did this shit to you. Right. I, I didn't I come been, up with them, them accusations. I question, you know, and mm-hmm. not, not really. You know, people just ask me questions and, you know, the information is what I tell people is that, you know, um, executive decisions were made. You know, not that it was it was like a, a hater thing or or like whatever, but you know, sometimes situations happen. You know, um, yeah. is it gonna is it gonna affect people in a certain way? Of course. Um, shit, when I had a fucking contract with Epic, I thought I was gonna be signed to a fucking label forever. You get me? Mm-hmm. And then I got the phone call one day to say, nigga, you, we, we not going to renew your contract. Mm-hmm. And was, sometimes- I, was I lost for mm-hmm. a minute? Mm-hmm. For a second? Because now I got to figure out the next step. Yeah, but somebody else eventually came along and said, hey, we want to fuck with you. Somebody else came along and said, we want to fuck with you. And then eventually I just got the shit like, well, goddamn, it seems like I could be more on hands if I start doing my own shit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started doing. I started putting out records independently. And here we are today. Exactly. So, And I ain't going to dwell too much on this, man, because I, I just wanted to address it because people have a tendency, you know, because I wasn't going to say nothing about it because, like I said before, I didn't want to kick James off the show. Right. I'm not the reason he's not on the show no more. You know, what happened there was um, two former co-hosts conspired against him, and they found out a lot of information that was from his past. Now, one thing I will say, when we initially first started the show, one of my partners, they hit me up and told me, man, dude is hot. You shouldn't fuck with him because of this, this, and the third. I'm not too much big in the rumors, man. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't listen to rumors. I wouldn't ask my man himself, hey, I got told this, such, this, this, and the third that you had this going on. Oh, no, that's people hating. I left it alone, dog, because it wasn't my thing. And plus, it ain't like we on this motherfucker robbing banks or doing the malicious. Right. We telling stories, dog. We talking about shit. Talking we having conversations. You know stories, what I'm saying? Right. So it wasn't my fault. Um, the, the thing that really cracks me up is that the guy that's responsible for all this shit is happening is he's sitting over there with him now doing the show. That's the person all the animosity should be pointed to. I didn't do this stuff. I just, this is a business at the end of the day, dog. And anything that's impeding the business, because as you grow, the business gets bigger. Now, when I was up in the CBS building, paying my own dime, doing shit like this, 
I had a lot more leeway to make decisions. It was all on me, right? Right. Because at one time, and, and even with the um, one guy that left the show, you were talked about as a possible me, and you had a conversation about you taking his place. Right. Remember, like, a long time ago, yeah, so a lot came, of moves have been made. You came to me a while ago, mm -hmm. right? Right, like, COVID, right before COVID. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation about, you know, doing, you know, because remember, I had a, uh, wanted to do my own podcast. Yeah, and we still going to do that, the and Stash we, Spot. We was going to do Stash Spot, mm -hmm. and then things transpired, and you, you know, said, would you be willing to come you know, co-host on against the Chronicles. I didn't know how it would fit, you know, knowing that you and and James already was in the mix. You know, I knew about Reggie and I knew about the other dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But but it's opportunities, you know. I never looked at it as trying to be stepping on somebody's toes or taking somebody's position, but you know, a job is a job, man. And it wasn't like that because you weren't stepping on toes because the funny thing about the dude Reggie is he quit the show on his own reconnaissance? He was in jail. He was locked up, right? It was Reggie was only on yeah, right? he was only on the show for six months, right? He was only on the show for six months, then he got locked up. Um, never had no problem with the dude. Even still sent him money and whatever like that. I sent him money until James told me to stop sending him money. Okay. For whatever reason, hey, don't send him nothing else. That was his thing. And now that them two dudes over there together, it's funny to me. But I will say this, because we grown-ass men at the end of the day, dog. I don't have no animosity against them. That wasn't personal. Again, if it was up to me in certain situations, it wouldn't happen. He'd still be sitting over there. Right. It wasn't nothing personal against him. It wasn't nothing personal against him. We all grown-ass men, and we make decisions. But when we make those decisions, we should look in the mirror as men and say, this is what I want to do. Because, hey, you know I'm no nonsense, man. I know. I mean, because I, I was like, Hey, what's going on? Remember, I'm calling you like, hey, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? Um, and then it was brought to my attention about what was transpiring. And then I was like, well, fuck that shit. Let's just keep pushing. I and, and tried to advocate for my man James to, you know, let's forget about the other shit. Let's just keep pushing forward. But I guess, you know, the stress of, like you said, weighing on the business and now you have outside people who are invested in the business mm -hmm. who feel like certain situations were going to bring or devalue the show exactly um, we are this is entertainment at the end of the day of course don't, don't take it for nothing else this is entertainment right here we try to entertain y'all with stories or, or, stories. or tales or, and guess, or perception you know, yeah. of, of current shit or back in the day shit from what we've seen or what we've done learned from. But, you know, again, it's all entertainment. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Whether you whether you take something from it or not, we are trying to, you know, we are trying to get your ear. We're trying to get your ear and trying to get you to listen to our entertainment of what we feel is our perception on life in general. Mm -hmm. Hip hop, sports, fucking shit, uh, anything that you might as a regular person, because that's what we consider ourselves. And, and that's the thing. And I wouldn't even go say nothing, bro. But 
After a while, you get tired of motherfuckers just playing with your name. It's like, you know, you can see motherfuckers online and then I don't have this one cat following me around. Fuck you still. Fuck you. You did this to James. It's like. He he was on my shit, wasn't he? Was that the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck you still. Hold on. That's the homie Glasses right there. Hold on one second. I'm going to punch Glasses in. Hey, see what's happening, dog? Hey, hold on. I'm going to put you on the show real quick. Hold on. I'm going to put you on speaker real quick. This kind of. this kind of raggedy, um, ladies and gentlemen, because we usually do some shit professional, but this the homie glasses. Hey, G. I just want to ask a few questions, dog, and just answer yes or no questions, right? Hold on, what this shit about? Hold on, don't matter what it's about. Just answer my questions. Just answer my motherfucking questions. My nigga G said, what is this I'm about? just going to ask a few questions, dog. About to slide Hold on. I ain't going to slide no curveball. Just answer. Some, some, hey, look, I ain't no, goofy shit. no, this ain't no goofy <laughs> shit, dog. But how long was Gangster Chronicles thought of before it actually came to effect? You know, goddamn well you made that show. Why are you stop trying to prove shit to the public, man? Let these people just entertain. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm gonna do. Then I just want. A long time ago. Why are we talking about? You cannot argue over the net. You know, goddamn well you came up with the idea. Why are we talking about this? That's all I wanted to hear, bro. Yeah, sir, like, sir. But you can't prove this to nobody else. And you shouldn't be trying to prove this to nobody else. Everybody making content at the expense of a show. And you just going along with it. Don't do that shit. Everybody can make their own fucking content. For real, for yeah, real. Yeah, that, that, that's what it is nowadays. Everything is about content, man. That's you it, just had G- you just had a conversation with, with, with a nigga the other day. And a nigga told you the same shit. Yeah, for real. Yeah, for real. That's real shit. A nigga just told you the same shit. And my nigga who you talk to is one of the biggest niggas who... Online, yep, in this content. What you say, G? I'm going to just say this. Look. When you came to me with Gangster Chronicles, it's simple. You said, man, I got this idea for a podcast called Gangster Chronicles. At that time, you only had Reggie right in mind. I remember that. I brought you to Who My Giant. This is before... OG was even on Vlad. This is when he just had this little piece with the dude that was doing all of the, the uh, Tupac stuff, the, the, that dude. And I was like, man, I knew who this nigga was because I heard of him my whole life as being this figure from out the city. So I was like, man, you should use him because I believed him and you should use Alex. The idea was already there. It was already prominently done, but you cannot win these debates online because they're not really meant to be winning things. You can't mm-hmm. win or lose. They not meant to be that. They meant to capture the public's imagination. This shit's silly. You know, goddamn well, this ain't the first time that this has happened. This shit normal. I would just not even get involved in it. It don't make no fucking sense. Like, just leave that shit alone. You, you gonna make another, this another show. This show y'all got right now is a fucking hit. That show's gonna be huge. Way bigger. So when it's every time you try to debate your brilliance with other people, man, it's going to be a problem because the internet don't have, like, normal sense. They just going to make their own thing up. And you'll yeah. never be right. Never. Yeah, yeah, you That's don't even real. Hey, I'll call you back, bro. I'm going to call you back, bro. All right. You don't even have to prove and that was glasses of Malone. You don't even have to prove shit nowadays. And that's why in, in this whole point. start content nowadays. Mm-hmm. It don't give a fuck whether the shit is true or not. All it, all it, all we need to do is get motherfuckers to start listening to some outlandish shit, and it's gonna go. Cause you know what I could do right now, man. I can go on this motherfucker and say whatever I want to say, and half the motherfuckers out there go believe it. 
just because they want to take a side. Like I had this dude and didn't give a fuck. Eh? I'm walking, I'm sitting at home in my motherfucking uh, million dollar crib, my million dollar condo, my nigga. You sitting at home in your shit, feeling good, right? You know, enjoying yourself, right? Enjoying life. And you got a motherfucker telling you fuck you because he feel like you don't done something wrong to one of his heroes. Yeah, they don't know, you don't know this motherfucker from, from day or night. You don't know him from a can of paint. It's just people who feel like that, man. I tell people every day, I'm not going to please them all. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, like I say, motherfucker, you could put out a song and it could be a nigga you ain't never seen in your life. He'll just come on and be like, man, fuck you. And it's all to, it's all just to start some shit. Now, you mm -hmm. know what that motherfucker going to do? He going to take that shit and he going to post it on his page and go, look, I'm going back and forth with MCA. Oh, yeah, for goodness. real. And that's going to Motherfucker told me, and I laughed because I was in the bathroom, actually. I laughed. I said, who is this motherfucker? Fuck you still. Mm -hmm. I said, damn, I might call this episode that fuck you, big still. Yeah. Well, you I know, this episode fuck, is called Fuck, fuck You, fuck Big Steel. Fuck Steel Day. Yeah, you fuck Steel. I'm going to actually get some t-shirts made. If y'all want to get them motherfuckers, they're going to be on but, sale for but like $20. The, but, but like Glasses just said, why why throw gas on fire? I mean, because basically, you can let the shit burn itself out. You get me? Huh? We've all had to deal with some type of shit since this internet shit, this podcasting shit, whatever. You get me? Mm. I had to go through the shit. You going through the shit. James had to go through the shit. Reggie had to go through the shit. Who ain't went through some shit? You get me? As far as people not disagreeing with what, what your point of view is. It's just what fucking happens. Mm. But what you got to learn how to do, and we, we have to do as grown men and, and black men and motherfuckers who can avoid controversy because that's what it is, like a nigga just said. It's all for content. We're going to talk, 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 and get motherfuckers to tune in. But at the end of the day, what do you? What's the, what's the end game? What's the end result at the end of the day? What's the end game? You know what, man? All you're doing is providing content for another motherfucker to create a go back and forth. Because this is not what that's, that's going to be. That's going to make some bread, right? Yeah. That's going to make some bread, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, what this, that's what it's all for. At the end of the day, motherfuckers want to get paid. So... This ain't the only way I get paid. You get it ain't me? the only thing I do either. You I, know, I got other forms of try, of getting paid. You get me, and, and that's what I've been doing all my life. You go up next level to next level. So not to disrespect nobody, because like I said, I ain't got beef with a motherfucker, and I don't have beef with somebody over a podcast. Man. I damn sure not over no I silly mean, ass so podcast, shit, though. Uh, uh, you know. Nothing's personal, especially not, not, nothing's personal, especially when I've given you more. Then on paper, what you I, were supposed to get. I ain't inclined. Like I said, I'm the newcomer, and I know my position, and I know what it is. But like I said, man, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It, it's not personal. Niggas don't have a, a, a problem with nothing as far as who you are as a man, who motherfuckers are as a man. Shit is business. If you got a personal motherfucking problem with something, then maybe that needs to be worked out, the issues of whatever that shit is. But shit is business at the fucking end of the day. You get me? Just like I can get canceled tomorrow. You get me? Yeah, and, and that's shit the thing. Get, Who the fuck want to go through that? It's like I'm not sitting up here doing this show by myself, and they, your, your celebrity is 20 times bigger than mine could ever be. 
And I don't even like the, I don't even like looking at myself as a celebrity. I like to look at myself as a regular nigga. Yeah, you are you a regular me? nigga. That's why you I, sitting I, up there. I, I done records. I done some movies. You know. I've done some video games. I'm podcasting now. Uh, I just look at it as uh, as as the next transition. Mm-hmm. I, I can't rap forever, right? Like y'all saying, we 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 old diggers. We can't be rapping forever. Y'all want us to give up the fucking mic right now? So we have to we have to transition. You get mm-hmm. me? And it's nothing like I said. None of this shit is personal because this ain't got shit to do with my kids. Right, mm-hmm. it ain't got shit to do with 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 my family being you know hurt or whatever. Motherfucker, I've been hitting motherfucker been talking shit about me for a long ass time on Man, records they, and everything. And they go talk shit about motherfuckers forever because at the end of the day, dog, that's what it is. All of this shit is meant to elicit a conversation. That's all it is, elicit a conversation. You know what I mean? Whatever we say, everybody ain't gonna agree with it. And my whole thing is this. I'm not trying to be the most popular motherfucker in the world. If a motherfucker out there don't care care for me, whatever, that's your prerogative. Some motherfuckers want to be that and some people don't. Some of us just want to sit in a comfortable seat and, you know, you, you sit at the table in a comfortable seat. I ain't trying to ask for no more, no less. Give me what the fuck I deserve and that's it. But I'm not going to force you to like my shit. Just like I, can't, I can't force a motherfucker to buy my record. You mm-hmm. get me? But I'm not going to tell a motherfucker, oh, well, so what? You know what I'm saying? Just keep buying my shit even if you don't like it. <laughs> you get me? Yeah, just real. keep buying my shit even if you don't like it. Fuck it. Just, 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 you know, man, you can support me in a better way, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah let's get, let me go go back to the music for a little bit because I didn't even mean for that to go for as long as it did. But I want to ask you one more question before we skate up out this motherfucker, right? Yeah. You in Compton, motherfucking California, right? Mm. In Compton, California, man, you don't done all this legendary gangster shit. One of my homeboys hits you up to jump on this record, and this motherfucker winds up being one of the biggest recording artists in the world. Shout out to the homie K Dot. I love that little nigga, man. He ain't a little nigga no more. Kendrick don't growing up on me now, oh, but I don't know him since he was sixteen, man. Mm. You know, always been an incredible little dude. How you wind up on that on such a monumental West Coast project, dog? It was kind of just befitting, you know what I mean? I, you know, shit, you know, uh, the Compton gods were lined up. I, I guess, you know, um, I I, I want to first say just you know from from the work that I've done as far as uh, uplifting Compton, representing Compton, whether you thought it was a good song or bad song, I've always my whole career have been invested into glorifying uh, the the city of Compton. Uh, It gave me my start. It's where I, you know, got all my research from, you know. uh, It's where I got to see live firsthand, you know, uh, uh, growing up in the hood. Um, So after that, um, I don't know. I guess they were sitting up talking, you know, uh, K Dot Punch and all the homies, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess when they were getting ready to put the record together, I they were like, you know, who do you think would fit this record? You killed that motherfucker. Um, though. I don't know if they want to keep it authentic, Compton, because there were a few choices. Because from what I heard, you was only supposed to be doing some talking, 
and you messed around and buffed the whole verse on that motherfucker. You supposed to do not no talking, but maybe an eight bar verse or something well, like that. When I got to the studio, you know, Kendrick had already, you know, kind of lined me up for, you know, and that's something about him as far as, you know, usually when I go in the studio with niggas, I'm like, what's the concept? What are we talking about? Niggas is like, man, just do you. And so he was like, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. He let me listen to, you know, a little bit of the hook. And he was telling me about what he was thinking. He was telling me about certain shit he wanted me to say. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, my nigga got direction. He already Yeah, he's a little brilliant dude, man. He's a brilliant motherfucker. So when I got there and we talked and I heard the beat, I already knew it was going to be cracking because that was one of my favorite songs out from Cube, Bird in the Hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just one of the most... Because that's what that was. It was a flip of Bird in the Hand. I, I just thought flip. it was one of the most brilliant records. I mm-hmm. mean, even today, uh, Bird in the Hand was the shit, man. Oh, like, Ice Cube, Cube is a Cube deadly is motherfucker. Shit, man. Cube, Ice Cube say. is that number one y'all, motherfucker. Y'all, I mean, y'all got Jay-Z's and y'all got, you know... Kendrick's and we got the Drake's and we got it, but man, Cube was my nigga, man. Nobody could fade Ice Cube, man, with that microphone. So um, when say I heard it one more Bird, again. When I heard Bird in the Hand, man, and I just, mm-hmm. I just went off on the record. I, it wasn't even a second thought. Soon as I heard the beat, I went to the car. And I wrote the verse in the car, and I came back in. And so I you went to the car and wrote your verse? Yeah, yeah. It it was one of them. Mm-hmm. It was one of them type of songs that you knew was going to be significant. So I didn't just want to stand there and just write just some dumb shit. You know, just, yeah, man, Compton and, you know, the hood. And I wanted to really, and I didn't even hear his verse. I just heard the beat and heard he was telling me how the song was going to go. And then when he told me what he wanted me to say after his verse went off and, you know, and I was like, oh man, this motherfucker going to be cracking. So I went to the car, wrote the verse, bingo, came back in and laid it. Well, I'm going to tell you this. About- I think they was going to, now mm-hmm. to be honest, did I think they was going to use it? Uh, no, I've been on a lot of songs with, you know, dudes who, it, it, it just happens like that. It might make the project, it might not. Sometimes it just don't fit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and then coming from, you know, coming from my nigga and them, from TDE, and then coming from Aftermath, and know you dealing with Dre, and then knowing you dealing with, you know, uh, Punch and my nigga, um, top, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, these guys like, they ain't finna let this motherfucker. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles podcast. For Apple users, find a purple mic on the front of your screen, subscribe to the show, leave a comment and rating. Executive producers for the Gangster Chronicles podcast are Norman Steele, James McDonald, and Aaron MCA Tyler. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt, and our audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of iHeart Media Network and the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart Radio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so... There is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton... The difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.